from GreenBiz Group, welcome to Center Stage, the best of live interviews from GreenBiz events. I'm Joel McCower. A lot of the really interesting projects have to do with how to separate cotton polyester, how to take these materials and get to reuse them. Because we're going to have people wanting to fashion, it's our nature, and, and then we're going to have to work with how to take that so we can refashion the fashion itself. So it is a big, big question. William McDonough is a well-known architect and designer and co-founder of Fashion for Good, based in the Netherlands. He joined me on stage at GreenBiz 18, along with Katrien Lai, managing director of Fashion for Good, to discuss how apparel companies are rethinking their products and processes in an era of sustainability and the circular economy. Let's listen in. So, Katrin, why don't you start off with just what fashion, what is Fashion for Good? Why was it created? How did it come about? So, Fashion for Good is a, a platform for innovation. We are a hub for innovation. We are working to scale um, and help innovators that have tremendous solutions addressing the big problems that we face in the supply chain to scale. And we do that by bringing brands, manufacturers, retailers, suppliers together to then help those innovators to integrate those solutions in the supply chain. And this is an actual building in Amsterdam, and uh, the, behind it was uh, CNA, the, the European retailer, and the CNA Foundation were behind it. Um, what does good mean here? Do, Bill, do you want to tell us what does good mean in this context? Fashion for good is focusing on the fashion industry and the brands, as we've heard, but also imagining that what we really want to do is share with each other the best of the information, the details, and also the inspiration. So it would be good if we could have, have innovations that we can share among the industry so that people could share optics and, and views. But also we're sharing all the chemistries and all the transformations down to the molecule with each other so that all the lists of all the chemistries we're studying to make these materials and products, and we have some, uh, are down to the molecule. So we've, we've created out of fashion for good, the very first t-shirt in the world that's where 100% of the molecules have been assessed for ecological and human health, renewably powered, and so on. So this, this is a chance to say we, have, we do yeah. good work. But Katrina, isn't it? There's five goods, right? What, what could you explain? I don't remember them all. Yeah, so when we say fashion for good, we look at fashion in a way that not only looks good, but is good along five important dimensions, and that's where... Um, Bill really is the inspirational force behind it, and the cradle-to-cradle -cradle concept um, serves as a, as a framework. So the five goods include good materials, good water, good energy, good lives, and good economy. And when we look at innovations, we really look at those innovations along those five goods. Are there materials that being used um, in those innovations? Are they safe? Are they healthy? Are they designed for reuse and for recycling? Is um, good water being applied in terms of being safe and clean and available for all? So those dimensions, those five goods, really are a framework that um, every part of the supply chain can aspire to and that we look at every innovator to measure against those dimensions. So you've got, uh, tell me a little bit about how it works. You've got big companies, you have uh, startup innovators. Yeah. What, what do they do? How do they come together at Fashion for Good? And what, what's your role in all this? So the principal idea is that on the one side we have um, all the, the big companies, brands, retailers that in their 
quest for sustainability look for innovation. On the other side, we have many innovators that often are stuck in labs. And bringing those together um, through learning, sharing, providing expertise, but also funding and eventually piloting allows us to scale them. And we have um, three elements in this so-called innovation platform. One is an accelerator program that really works with early stage innovators over a time frame of three months. We have a scaling program that works on a longer time frame to really help remove those roadblocks to scale. And then we're also working on a fund to eventually help finance those innovations in the supply chain in Asia. So this is how we're trying to bring all these different players together as we're realizing that those challenges that we see and problems that we see in the supply chains are way bigger than one organization alone can tackle. So why did the fashion world need another sustainability organization? It seems like there's a few, Sustainable Apparel Coalition and so on. Why did you, as a build, you want to take this? Why was, did you see a need for something else? What wasn't really being covered? That's a great question. Um, well, f the Sustainable Apparel Coalition is partner in this, etc. So we're actually partnering with everybody we're just trying to fill in some of the missing pieces that people could benefit uh, from. So, so, for example, I think to build on what Katrin just said, if, if you want to look at different dye technologies, wouldn't it be great since each company might make a bet, but it might not be the right bet necessarily for the whole industry, or they have to keep it secret because they're doing something proprietary? We're basically saying, let's all take a look at all the different dyeing techniques that are coming, Let's invest in them, let's see what's out there. And then the companies can come in and say, wow, look at that, this one seems to be working really well. And it can start to scale because it's something worthy of the, of the industry. That's, that's an important part of this, this open sourcing of what's going on. At the other end of it, we didn't have anything that went down to the molecule. So one of the other great things about Fashion for Good that's particularly exciting for me is that as we do the cradle to cradle assessments with all the assessors and the scientists going into every dye down to the molecule, it's encouraging the dye companies like Huntsman, like Dystar, and so on. They're getting Cradle Cradle certified now. You can go into Fashion for Good, and all the process and the technique and the companies making these healthy, safe materials are all open and public to you. So you could say, I'm going to make something that's clean and safe, and you can go quickly and get to the details all the way to the molecule. That has been, we don't have that anywhere else. Is there an analog for this in any other sectors where this has been done, this kind of collaboration? and, and you know, filling in the gaps, as you call it? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the one I'm working on right now is plastics, which is, needs a lot of help. Um, so uh, I don't really know that we've had this one yeah. at this level. So, Katrin, uh, you're uh, 11 months into this now. You opened uh, the doors in last March. Uh, what's happened since then? We're quite happy, actually, with the progress um, that we've made. So the, um, the one dimension in terms of progress is the amount of innovators that we were able to scout, screen, um, and then put through the program. We have now our third batch in the accelerator starting. Um, we have um, five companies in the scaling program, so 25 companies in total already have gone through it. Um, we have six corporate partners now from different parts of the, the fashion um, sector and um, we're really working hard to move those um, companies now from you know, coaching to piloting to eventually um, scaling them. So a lot of 
progress has been made, but in the end, our, our big ambition is to really provide impact at scale and look at those five goods and say, you know, in five years from now, this is hopefully a set of companies that really has reached reach broad um, penetration and has affected those five goods along the following dimensions. Yeah. That's what, what we aim for. What, what's happened that you didn't see coming, that you didn't expect? Any big surprises? Well, I think what's really um, new in this, in this setup, so to your point earlier, there are other consortiums, um, very important ones like the Sustainable Apparel Coalition, like the Alan MacArthur Foundation that we work closely with and complementary with. Where we are working in is an innovation space, which typically is a space in the apparel world, sportswear companies. They don't necessarily collaborate on innovation. That's um, R&D, you know, you want to keep your potentially competitive advantages to yourself. We're bringing those, those companies together to jointly discuss their innovation priorities, where we should scout, um, which ones we should select. So it's a collaboration in a pre-competitive space and those partners are really opening up and working together and extremely enjoying and benefiting from this, from this collaboration. I would not have expected this open sharing, this collaboration in this space. That's truly amazing and um, extremely impressive. I think there are a lot of people who look at this and say, you know, fashion is inherently unsustainable, right? It's, you're, you're turning over the, the, the fast fashion, I don't know, <coughs> six, eight, 10, 12 times a year, there's a new line coming in. Is, is this really making a, and I'd love to hear from both of you on this, a, a material, as it were, difference? Uh, or are we just tinkering at the margins in, in this? Can you really shift the way fashion works so that from an environmental sustainability perspective, it, it, it's far from where we are today? Who wants to take that, Bill? Uh, yeah, let's take that. Uh, that's a good one. So I think your point is extremely well taken. The average American, I think, has 70 garments a year now. Um, so it's, it's pretty fierce. So I think that if you go to the beginning of the system and the design, the, we're, we are right now at a point, I was just meeting with a manufacturer yesterday, they've gone from 200 days from, uh, from a, an idea to a garment in the market down to 20. So watch this go fast. And you look at young people not wanting to wear the same blouse on Instagram three days in a, in a row kind of thing, and it's everything new, and it's cheaper to get a new one than it is to clean the other one. So you're right. The system is astonishing. It's a machine for delivering massive amounts of stuff. All right, but that then brings us to the issue of, 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 uh, of um, concentration and flow. We can't manage with entropy very well. So we have clothing entropy going on, and it's this massive uh, entropy. Of it's called laundry. We have to figure out how to collect it, bring it together, and then deal with it. So a lot of the really interesting projects have to do with how to separate cotton and polyester, how to take these materials and get to reuse them. Because we're going to have people wanting to fashion. It's our nature. And, and then we're going to have to work with how to take that so we can refashion the fashion itself. So it is a big, big question. Yeah. 
when we look at innovations and also what we hear in terms of needs where we should scout for innovation, there's, there's four areas where we look for innovation. One is, if I use Bill's terminology, is to make sure there is less bad. You know, make sure there is, um, for instance, no microfiber release, that there is safe materials flowing. So looking for new dyeing technologies, making sure there is no hazardous um, chemicals involved. The second one is around efficiency of, of material use with regards to um, innovations that um, include 3D printing, eliminate waste, um, eliminate any dyeing um, approaches. But then there are also innovations that really look at um, the um, um, at new business models that allow to increase the, the usage of, of garments, which is, if you look at fast fashion, a huge driver with regards to the pile of clothes being produced. So we look also at resale models, we look at rental models, um, and last but not least, we look at how can we close the loop? What kind of recycling technologies do exist to address this huge amount of more than 70% of clothes that end up in landfill? So those two dimensions, everything that looks at um, the durability, that looks at reuse, that looks at closing the loop, is really something that fundamentally can move this industry towards circularity. It seems that there's also a key role here for educating, if we're really gonna you know, shift direction of educating consumers here. Um, I was told a number of years ago by somebody who uh, works in India supply chains for uh, Western apparel companies that, and I may get this stat a little bit wrong, I don't know, but that the, the, the average, the amount of water used to create a, a let's say a men's shirt for uh, Western markets, something like seven or eight times that for domestic markets, and the reason is color matching, getting those dyed lots right and getting them exactly matching. And I'm thinking, why do they have to match? I mean, why wouldn't somebody, why wouldn't Yvonne Chouinard or somebody, you know, actually capitalize on it and saying, our shirts don't match, right? You're gonna only buy one anyway, and why would you wanna look like everyone else? But that, to me, that's a reframing for, for the consumer that's saying, you know, we don't have to have this, you know, there's another way to buy fashion. Do you, is that, first of all, is that part of, do you see that coming in fashion for good part of your mandate? Yeah, it is part of our mandate. Um, what I've described so far was the um, B2B side, if you want, really working with the, with the companies. But we have in, in Amsterdam this beautiful canal house, and um, part of that um, That's where you're headquartered? House, in the where we're headquartered, yeah. 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 Um, our first hub, so eventually we want to be present in more parts of the world. But in this, in this house, there is a public exhibition um, where visitors can come in, learn about the challenges that the fashion industry faces, but also how they can be part of the solution. What they can do in terms of changes to their consumption patterns, what questions they could ask. Um, how to shop differently. So bringing more awareness to the, to the consumer side is part of our mission. And also bringing different players um, together to, to really share and learn. As, yeah. as I want to get to some questions in a minute, but, but Bill, go ahead. And just while you were talking about the mill in India, I was reflecting on the mill that made the, the shirts that, we, we, that Fashion for Good supported. The, the, uh, the water leaving the factory, the only water leaving the factory is evaporation. That's one. You can drink this water. Two, the power is all from solar and wind, 100%. It's 
they're renewably powered. The people are treated with dignity and grace. The materials have been assessed down to the molecule. And it's at the price point of fast fashion, it's seven euros. So I think that idea that Leibniz had, which was that if it's possible, therefore it exists. He did 300 pages on that one. But I think for our, us, it's really the job is to make it exist so we understand it is possible. Great. Elaine, what questions do we have? Yeah, there are a few really good questions. Um, I'm going to start with one which is about consumers. So, you know, there's the aspect of millennials that are trying to vote with their wallet. And, but then, you know, realistically, you sort of wonder, is it, is it realistic to think that consumers will change their behavior and what they demand? And kind of going into the design side of it, do you design so the clothing lasts as long as possible to make it fashion as a service? or design it to make it less resource intensive because of how people just behave with fast fashion? I think there's not one single bullet solution. I think it's really addressing various levers. Um, on the one side, the industry needs to move. There is a responsibility for the supply chain that, um, and the resources that um, brands are, are using. So that's why we're working on durability, working on alternative materials, working on, on safe materials, working on innovations that are more resource um, efficient, working on alternative materials. But then on the other side, it's also the education towards, yeah. how, towards how, the consumers. How much do the brands get this? I mean, I know, you know, CNA, we're going to do a, by the way, I'll plug uh, the, the workshop we're going to do, the, the three of us and, and um, Jeff Hogue from CNA and um, someone else who from Ellen yeah, yeah, yes, oh, of course, from the Ellen McGarthy Foundation, right. Um, uh, do they, how many, brand, I mean, CNAs obviously gets this, they did this cradle to cradle t-shirt, which is really broke some new ground. Are you hearing demand for this, or are you, how much is it push and pull? From joining Fashion for Good? Yeah. I think the fact that we have now six, six corporate partners in such a t short time frame is a sign of demand. And there's really everybody is in discussion with us um, in whether it fits their priorities and another um, dimension because it requires resources, it requires time and commitment to work with those innovators. Yeah. It's not you join Fashion for Good and here you get your innovations and they are implemented. It's hard work. Um, but um, the upside is that you're really on the forefront. You have access to all those, those innovators, and you can be the first one in implementing right. it. So there is demand from the brand side. I just want to add one more point on the, on the consumer side. Um, it's interesting in the Netherlands, people um, now start looking at you when you eat meat. So <laughs> the fact that you eat meat and you, know, you get the comment, oh, well, this is very you know, polluting to the earth. Um, it's something that you wouldn't have thought five years ago. And um, looking at clothing, um, these questions are coming up now. So I think this is a trend that is happening with the millennials, um, but also across the board, that people are more and more concerned about a very personal item that they carry on their skin for a tremendous amount okay. of time. All right, six companies down, uh, 994 to go, or something like that. That's a good start. Elaine, let's get another quick question in. Yeah. Um, so. There are a few questions, but one of them um, that I'd like to address is innovation. So you talk a lot about um, 
innovations that you're engaging. What do you think are the specific innovations that you find the most scalable? Scalability is one criteria that we apply when assessing and selecting those, those innovators because that's our ambition. Um, so we look at solutions, technologies and process innovation that can be applied in the, in the supply chain. For example, um, we had in our accelerator program Eon ID, which is the first tagging system that allows for recycling eventually. We also have um, a 3D printing um, company, Additive Manufacturing, that puts different layers of, of cotton plus polymer than, than on it. Um, Tummy Care is the name. We have uh, companies that have dyeing innovation using natural pigments. So all of those are processes, technologies that can be easily applied and hopefully do not require huge infrastructure changes in the supply chain. That's what we see as scalable. It, well, it's been a promising 11 months and it's a very <laughs> exciting project and look forward to seeing a lot more. We're out of time right now. We'll be doing this panel this afternoon, but for now, please join me in thanking Katrina and Bill. You've been listening to Bill McDonough and Katrina Lai talk about fashion for good at the Green Biz 18 conference in February 2018. For more Center Stage podcasts, go to greenbiz.com slash center stage. And while you're there, tune into Green Biz 350, our weekly podcast covering the news and the people behind the news in sustainable business and clean technology. For all of us here at Green Biz Group, I'm Joel McCower. Thanks for listening. <laughs>